Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 19 of Smart Enough to Know Better, the Christmas episode. Oh, the Christmas episode. I'm Dan Beeston. And I'm Gregoire. And together we're Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. And that time of year has rolled around again when all the good girls and boys demand presents because you're entitled bastards. Well, you'll get a present. Here's some sizzle on your present with our amazing guest, Brian Dunning. Since that subject then makes no sense to listeners, <laughs> let's let's do our, our tube and throat singing. Can we can we try that? Oh, I can't wait to open it. <laughs> wait, <laughs> strip it down. Oh, cut it open. And get it the inside. Right, and use it for parts. Parts. So there was a competition that happened. Interactive fiction, text adventure games. Yes. And I went, oh, well, I love text adventure games, and I want to support that. So I put up a CryptoZoo shirt. Yes. There was a whole bunch of people won prizes. Mm -hmm. Like, there was 20 different spots. And one person went, I want the CryptoZoo shirt. Oh. Yeah. And so we dealt with sizes and stuff. And they said, yeah, I know I haven't listened to your podcast uh, in in ages. Oh, in ages, right. So they'd actually heard it before. Oh, lovely. They're from Finland. We have a Finnish following. We we, we knew this before. Mm. It's a bit strange. Uh, Her name. Her name. Her name. A real girl. Is... Erja Krima. That's how she pronounces it in Finnish. Right. Erja Krima. <laughs> That's a pretty broad accent for a Finnish girl. Yeah. yeah uh, that's what I thought. Actually, if she's listening, feel free to send in Gregoire and Dan Beeston a Smart Enough No Better. We'd love in that. In Finnish. That would be awesome. We would love that. Please do that. We, yes, that would be fantastic. In fact, anyone, if you can speak another language, yeah. please send in Gregoire and Dan Beeston a Smart Enough To Know Better. We'd love to hear. Uh, we in that language. In, in your language. Yes, don't, don't just say that word because we can do that. Yeah. Not very well. No. But we're getting better at it. Well, actually, I've never tested it because oh. I've never been in the, the titles of the show before. Neither have I. I think that Dalek Wah was. Uh, he's something's not me at all. That's not you? No, no. He's okay. a terrible version of me that has been mutated and had all his emotions ripped out. I see. Oh, wait, hang on. That sounds... <sighs> hey. Hmm. Graft. And corruption. Finally, I'm starting to get some special VIP service <gasps> from being the... on the podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the hell? My domain provider? <laughs> no, domain provider? My <laughs> internet uh, service provider. Don't you, don't you make web pages for a living? You should know these magic words. Shush. Uh, my domain provider. I, I've done it again. <laughs> my internet service provider is IINet, oh. and I've always been. Well, doing... Hang on, well, look, we're doing ads now. Is that what we're doing? We're, we're doing ads. Is Don't get ahead of me. No, we're doing, we're doing ads. We're doing ads. Okay, we're, they're not paid ads. Nope. <laughs> Therefore, not only are we immoral, we're stupid. Marvelous. Well done. But what I'm saying is that my internet service provider is IINet, mm. and I'm very happy with them. Okay. Don't roll your eyes. Very happy with them. <laughs> and I have an online vault with them. So I, an online backup that allows me to keep all of my stuff safe. And it automatically updates. And uh... Wow, it sounds so great, no, Dan. No, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure so sh- excited. You're ruining this for me. But there was a problem. The specific way that I'd got it, I, I'd sort of got a, a Vault 1 and then I jumped up to a Vault 3 and then back to a Vault 2. And then it, probably, it confused because the, the prices software. prices were so low. Shush. It confused the software and they, they were charging me but the actual servers hadn't actually clicked over. And I, I, I'd, I'd been through their support, and usually their support's great, but for some reason I, I dropped through the cracks because it was like, this is a too hard basket one. If I paraphrase Simon Pegg and say, and jump to the end, is that going to make you upset? No. Oh. Why don't you say that? Okay. Jump to the end. Fuck you. <laughs> but I complained about it on Twitter. <laughs> yes. And I got a message a little bit, a little moment later. 
and it said, Hello, Dan. My name is Tal. I'm a senior CSR in Perth who's been tasked to look into the issue for you. It seems that despite upgrading you to Online Vault 3, the change to the amount of storage has not been adjusted. Our billing system should really be smart enough to know better. And I was like, what? And I looked at the end, and, and it's, it, it regards Tal Waterhouse. And I'm like, Tal Waterhouse? That's Twatterhouse on Twitter. <laughs> Oh my god! So it's not just a using of the phrase; it's actually reference to. Yes. Oh my god! I know. <laughs> so, Mister Waterhouse is go, has got has seen me and gone. This is this is my friend from Twitter Space. <laughs> he listens to the podcast and went. Oh well, I'm, we are going to sort that out because all sorted out nicely done. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Went straight to the top of the queue. Oh, so, wow. Corruption yeah, I, and graph. I know. So, so everyone, if you want to get something done with your not-as-good service provider, I would say make sure you start a podcast, do it for nearly two years, get interesting interviews and have interesting conversations, and then, then someone on the internet maybe, maybe will help you out. But you know what? I really like Ironet. I've had a really good experience oh with them. God. Imagine if they decided to sponsor the podcast <laughs> with, say, for instance, some Free internet service providing for and both iPads, of us. And a car. Oh, well, and some hookers. I guess so. Blow. But you see, I mean, we're not always going to talk about Hookers them, and blow. But we could. Like, we might actually accidentally end up with a minute before each podcast where we talk about different elements of iInet, oh, a great internet service provider. <laughs> My name's Gregoire, and I do not endorse this message. Uh, well, then you don't have to get any of the free stuff. <laughs> so, Tal, if you're listening... <laughs> Feel free to talk to the marketing no, people. Stop. No. Stop. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want free stuff. I've got a taste of it stop. now. Stop, 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 stop. That's too much. Let me tell you about something. This is, I, I, okay, I was with you, and then suddenly it all went horribly, horribly, horribly. horribly. Uh, it occurred to me, when you call up support, and they go, oh, this is being recorded for training mm, purposes. Mm. And you're like, no, it's not. Because legally, they've got to tell you if you're recording. And having the mm. conversation recorded is probably really, really useful for anyone. Yes. So it's like a, a way to say, we're recording you. But it's not because you're a dick and probably going to say something that we can use in the court. Yes. They just go, it's for training purposes. Yeah, is yeah. that okay? Sure it is. Yes. What if, they don't, if you ever said, no, thanks, please stop recording me, they would. Well, to. they say, they say, mm. uh, if you don't want to be recorded, mm. please make a mention. Yes, yes. Mm. And you say... I don't want to be recorded. And they go, okay, click. You're a bastard. I'm going to come in and I'm going to set fire to I was the... recorded. I was recorded. Click. <laughs> okay. When you're doing a podcast such as this, it's nice to be recognized sometimes. And you said you, you, you get free stuff from randoms on Twitter. And we get... Randoms? No, that's, that's Tal Waterhouse, a very high up person <laughs> down at iinet. Okay, iinet.net.au. That's for all your... Oh, forget it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm not... Currently running a promotion. Stop, <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's, it's nice to be recognized. And because and we get people sending in emails and competitions and things, it's actually really nice. People send some really nice things, and some people say some really <laughs> unkind things as well. In fact, probably more unkind than kind. But that's right. Uh, it's generally we, you. And it's generally me whispering Just sitting there whilst you sleep. Listening mushroom. to your own podcast going, these guys are idiots. <laughs> But it's nice, it's funny when it just happens out of the blue, as in listening to a podcast by Carrington Vanston, who was in, put it yep. into our competition for the accent. He was a Canadian guy, and he, of course, has done podcasts before a lot longer than we've been doing yeah, podcasts. Yeah. And, in fact, he told me that in the past that some of the elements of this podcast are based on Carrington Indeed. Vanston. Indeed. Well, all the stuff after the, after the end of the show, all of the, uh, ah, the bloopers, yeah, was so based on his uh, Monster Feet Variety Show podcast. So, which don't, doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Uh, it's no longer being, it's no longer current, current but it does... Yes. It, all the, the 
archives. Yes, yes. yes. It doesn't go. So there's, they do another one called Double Take, which is where they look, review movies. There's two, Carrington Vanston and... Sherry uh, Creamer. Thank you. And they, they give each other a movie to review, and they review it. They talk to each other, and they, it's quite fun to listen to. Hmm. And they were talking about Sunshine, reviewing the movie Sunshine. Yeah, Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, thank you. And it's about... Oh, Danny Boyle. I'm not, not going <laughs> to... The pipes, the pipes wow. are calling. He, he, never heard this before. I've never heard that joke. <laughs> you motherfucking Australian. <clears throat> and and uh, it, it's about the sun and going to the sun. And out of nowhere, Carrington Vanston said this. The earth is uh, freezing up because the sun is dying a few billion years early. Um, Chad is going out, um, as the Australians would say. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, did you hear that? Chad. It's starting to take hold. <laughs> And he didn't even explain it like we always do. <laughs> and he just went, as the Australians say. Hear that, Australians? Yeah. That's what we say now. A Canadian said so. It must be true. <laughs> so this traction, get it out there, kids. Chad. I want to go change Wikipedia now. Yes. The son, also known, named Chad. And we could citations. If it has citations, get it weird about citations. There are citations. Cita yeah. Put it in citation of this podcast. Yeah. And, and if you're offended by this, because, you know, you're, you think, oh, this is what information is about. History is written by the victors, and we are those victors. Yes, so please go and deface <laughs> Wikipedia. No, uh, <laughs> but yes, Chad, and he said it again later on in the podcast as well. It's very, very exciting to have that just pulled out of nowhere. So Chad is gaining traction. Yes, join the smart enough to know better army of Chad. Did you know that in Saudi Arabia just recently, a woman has been beheaded for practicing sorcery? Thank goodness. You've got to kill those witches. Saudi Arabia. They're one of the good guys, so far as the US is concerned, because they've got all that oil that they sell for cheap. <laughs> the Saudi family, yes. Yeah. Well, yes, it's... Um, so what was the... That was pretty much it, that she was killed for doing sor sorcery? Practicing sorcery. Right, they beheaded her. Beheaded. Right. That's pretty... Cut her head off. Pretty full on. But if she was a real sorcerer, she would have used magic to get out. You'd think so. I never understood that. They're, they're like, uh, like a stone neck spell. Just, yes. Well, that's like in Skyrim. I, I have iron skin. I go... There you go. Iron skin! And I go... Ho ha hoos! And I blow up a dragon. That's a, if you play Skyrim. That's a, that was a pretty yeah. good shout. But I mean, it, <laughs> quite, quite frankly, probably for the best that they do crack down pretty hard on sorcery. Because mm. if you look at their history, um, there was this guy called Jafar. And. <laughs> wow, we're, we're, getting, we're going to be racist suddenly. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and luckily, there was a street urchin by the name of Aladdin. Right, right. Who managed to, uh, to stop him, even though he was an all powerful sorcerer. Mm, it's true. But he uh, trapped him. Eternity, he, he, he's a genie and a monkey called a poo. If you don't know what did, we're talking... Did you pronounce that right? A poo. A monkey called a poo. His name okay. was a poo. His name was a poo, isn't it? A, a boo. Is it a boo? A boo. Oh, I thought it was a poo. I thought that's the whole point. I thought the monkey called a poo, because, you know, monkeys poo. I've I, I, all these years, I thought it was a poo. Really? Yes. You're like, oh, Disney? The Disney does all sorts of weird stuff. They, 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 they get it in under the radar. And as an adult, I went, I applaud. Now I just go, I should have get my ears cleaned, because obviously... I thought it was a poo. I thought it was... Oh, no, 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 wait. A poo's the guy from The Simpsons. Oh, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Oh, now who's being racist? No, he is. A poo <laughs> is a guy from The Simpsons. That's, how's that racist? That's like saying, Home Simpson's a guy from The Simpsons. How's that racist? He's yellow. Yes. The yellow menace. What? A poo's not yellow. A poo's brown. Okay. <laughs> he is. Oh, I'm so juvenile. That's what? correct. Is that the joke? Is that, is, that, is that an oh, intentional no. joke? I can't. This, 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 this doesn't fit into our podcast at all, surely. What, what are we doing? I hope not. <laughs> Should. Is there? Because. They, 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 be. they, no, they, they wouldn't have done that. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have gone, everyone's yellow except a poo is brown. Yeah. That's like a stick 
that's like the sticky joke, brown and sticky joke. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, you don't, you think that'd be smarter than do, that. Do you think we've discovered that the man behind the curtain of the Simpsons jokes? Like we've got, we found a joke that no one has ever found in the Simpsons. Somewhere out there, Matt Groening is like, destroy them! Or, or he's saying, oh, someone finally got it. <laughs> oh, God. This is, we have to stop. We have to stop. And with that, Mr. Brian Dunning! <laughs> Hello, hello. Hello. Oh, that was, a, hey. that was eerily stereo there. That was a bit weird. Sorry about that. I think Dan and I have been hanging out with each other too long now. <laughs> that was weird. At least you know that it's actually two people and not one person just doing a Tyler Durden. I thought it was one person doing Tuvan throat singing and doing two voices at the same time. Oh, I have been to Mongolia and I was very impressed with their, their ability to do that. But unfortunately, not. Uh, I, I tried practicing doing that for a while. I, I think I got two notes, but very bad notes. That's it. Uh, let's let's hear a sample. <laughs> um, I can't well, actually, it. let's save that for the show. You just do a Wookiee voice. Just so you know, we are recording at the moment. So if, if you're going to say anything terribly libelous, just just now now you know that you know it's it's there. Uh, we we want you to do something libelous. Our show always runs better when people curse. Now, I hate uh, it when you warn people that we're already recording. <laughs> I just think it ruins all the fun. I think it's isn't it by law you kind of have to tell people you're recording them. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Brian's in a different country. That's right. Oh yes, the native. Yeah, that country, America, has, doesn't know anything about freedoms no, no, or it's rights. Like, it's, yes, it's, it's like true. the laws of the sea. If the Pacific Ocean is between, oh, you, right. it means that anything that happens is. T- Hang on. Takes place. Dan, are you well. honestly saying that your version of law is there is a Pacific Ocean, therefore Brian can't get to us? No, 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 no. No, but what happens <laughs> is the, the law takes place between the both parties. Right. So if, if I was, if you and I were in a legal dispute, the yes. law would have to be uh, take place in the the, the, the right. space between us. Right. But b- between Brian and myself, right. it's the Pacific Ocean, and there is no law. It's maritime law. It's Aquaman's law. Exactly. <laughs> and I read those comics, and he, he doesn't take crap from any landlubbers. Even worse, Submariner. He, uh, different comic. Anyway, that's fine. Wow, we should probably start something at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've already started something. We should probably start the interview. <laughs> this is good. I'm enjoying it. Just keep going. Welcome to the interview part of the podcast. We have a very special guest today. I learned his name and everything. Oh, goodness. From the other <laughs> side of the globe, it's Mr. Brian Dunning. Hey! Are all of your guests from the other side of the globe? Not all of them. No, Some... only, only the good ones. <laughs> oh, Dan, that's... Oh, that's... Suck it, international good. super author John Birmingham. <laughs> That's terrible, terrible. Now, Brian Dunning is from Skeptoid.com, a rather interesting podcast that goes worldwide and, and tries to educate people about what skepticism actually is and, and what's real and what's not. Would that be would that be fair to say, Brian? Well, I think you, you hit it right on when you said rather interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of shows it. Well, it's, it's rather interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I try to find stories that people either have heard but don't know everything about or that they haven't heard of. And uh, it's uh, a lot of urban legends and historical things and uh, myths, anything in pop culture that people generally believe that's not true. But there's always got to be something, a more interesting fact behind the fiction for it to be a good Skeptoid episode. And that's what I really try to dig into is find what's really cool about any topic, no matter how silly it sounds. Mm. Now, I, I've been listening for a couple of years, and 
I've always been fascinated that you do it weekly. They're about 10 minutes long and they're quite in depth. I'm just trying to work out how you get the time to go into it. I mean, Dan and I do a, a fortnightly podcast and we're just running around like idiots. I mean, Dan can't even <laughs> find out the name of our guest most of the time until <laughs> seconds before. So, I, I mean, it must be a lot of work. I mean, real work. There's no doubt. It is extremely brutal. Yes. It, I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of fun to do. But to do a good job, it takes a lot of work. And I've got, I've got different types of episodes that, you know, there's the usual standard episodes, but then I also have listener feedback episodes and student questions episodes and corrections episodes. These three types of episodes I can do whenever I run out of time. Ah, uh, that's busy I work. Simply, <laughs> yeah. quick, quick, do something, do something. Send posts. Like a, a couple of episodes ago, I literally had only one day in the entire week that I was able to work on Skeptoid, and so I had to write an entire episode in one day. And so that was a, that was a listener feedback oh, episode. That was that. That was just Brian made Dunning. up a bunch. That of was stuff. A Brian Dunning. Supercatchers are real. In <laughs> this week, I apologize for a lot of things I said. <laughs> In this episode, Brian Dunning sings the blues. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. On I'm Smart Enough to Know Better, we have something called the walk of shame. When Dan makes total gaffes... That is not true. <laughs> when Dan stuffs everything up, Dan makes amazingly bizarre comments sometimes. I just act superior and then get called out because Dan then records them and plays them back to me. So yeah, yeah. that's pretty fun. Uh, but when, when we make errors, our audience, our listenership have become... We, we call them pedantic in a very loving way. And they will call us on the smallest things. So even in our comedy sketches, we, we made a comment about a bee stinging someone and having its guts ripped out. And but we used a male voice for the comedy bee. And people pointed out that actually, if it was that, that would have to be a female bee. So we did the wrong voice. That's how pedantic our audience is. <laughs> but they 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 actually keep us honest. It's very useful to get listener feedback and therefore to put you in the right place to make sure that you're not like a, I'm putting myself above everyone else. I'm I'm one of you sort of thing. There's basically two kinds of errors that people send me for these corrections episodes. The first kind is from people who fully believe in ghosts or UFOs or whatever it is, mm. and they'll send me the feedback as well. My uncle, who's a very reliable person, once saw a ghost, so you need to do a retraction <laughs> on your ghost episode. <laughs> yes. So I, I can't really use that. And then the second type of correction that I get is I, I, I love all my friends in the UK, but my God, you people are anal about your pronunciation. It's nitpicking <laughs> pronunciation errors. I, 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 must admit, I listened to one of your ones recently, and, and I, I felt my sphincter tighten, Brian, because you're talking about the castle in Glam's, and you said yes. it was in England, and I was like, oh, God, Brian, don't, because my brother-in-law is Scottish. So I was like, don't call them, don't call the Scottish <laughs> English. Whatever you do, that's... Like, I, I'm, Maybe I didn't, they didn't hunt you down. I, oh, oh, they they tried to. I got <laughs> I got more email for that than anything else. I was saying it's it's in the UK, Mom's mm. Castle, and it's in the UK. But the problem is, people in the United States, we don't know the difference between <laughs> England, Britain, and the UK. Those three things are all the same to us. We have no idea what the difference is between them, and that's what I was saying. I was wrongly saying Glom's Castle is. In, somewhere in the UK. I was, <laughs> and I said that wrong. Yes. And it came out being a greater error than was intended. <laughs> That's right. You were, that made you history's greatest monster in some people's eyes, I assume. Now, yes. Also, the bit where you followed it up with, and the Scottish are all soft. <laughs> that didn't help. And they can't drink. They can't hold their liquor. <laughs> and they should be ruled by the English, etc., etc. 
Oh, good. Now we're going to get hunted down. Hooray! For your show, I mean, weekly you come out and pretty much, basically you slaughter a lot of sacred cows. Yes, that's the idea. If I, if I can get skeptics angry by slaughtering, <laughs> everyone has a sacred cow. If oh, yeah. I can get skeptics angry, then, then I'm doing my job properly. That's right. But you must get a lot of scary mail. If you don't mind me talking about it, you must get a lot of scary people saying a lot of scary things. I do a podcast with a scary mail. Shh, quiet. <laughs> I, I got, there was one today on Facebook that's kind of funny. You know, just the little cover art logo for my podcast mm. is is an eyeball. It's supposed to be That's the right. skeptical eye. What are we going to point the skeptical eye at uh, this week? Ah. Well, must, must admit, when I first time I saw it, I was went, why is a man talking about skepticism? Talk, got the all seeing eye in his in his exactly, logo. Exactly. <laughs> it's 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 the Masonic uh, yes. Illuminati eyeball at the top of the pyramid. And so I get that all the time. I get that feedback all the time from the conspiracy people uh, theory people. And what if I'm on Facebook? Let me find what this guy said today. His webpage on Facebook is called Chemtrails Project. Oh, okay. goodness, Chemtrails. And now he's posting Chemtrails. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay, before you go on, can you just very, very quickly say what people think Chemtrails are for our audience who might not know what a Chemtrail is? So Chemtrails are misidentification of contrails, jet contrails up in the air. And I did an episode about those, and there's interesting science about how and why they form and all that stuff. But the uh, the conspiracy theory people, a lot of them think that it's the government spraying us with chemicals, mm, trying mm. trying to dumb down the population, or even some of them are rational enough to say to, to think that there's a, a, a reasonable purpose behind it, like it's to fight global warming in some way. But anyway, so this guy has a Facebook page called Chemtrails Project, and he posted on my page today, he just says, interesting logo skeptoid in scare quotes once again the obsession with symbolism shines through and exposes and there he cut off i don't know why but that's all he said but i think it kind of got the point he was red acted <laughs> the government got to him your people big conspiracy like, got to him finally no, oh. got their, their, their raptor systems go off when the word chemtrails came that's right and they got him they, they got him in <laughs> Wait, our agent Brian Dunning's he's about to spill the beans. Quickly, kill that guy from the chemtrails thing. No, we shouldn't say that. We should definitely so say I, that because what happens if that guy turns up dead and then it's really bad? It's like, oh, goodness. Anyway. Wait, are you, are you, are you hinting that I should go kill him? No, no, I'm not <laughs> I'm telling you to for cash. No, wait. It's like... Uh, uh, you're not winking, but I'm making the assumption that you are <laughs> winking. I'm blinking. I am, I'm crying in horror. <laughs> Double winking. But do you do you have like a folder where you'd have death threats funny and death threats serious? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you, you know, the, the, when you get negative feedback from people who are really crazy, it's almost always anonymous. Right. You almost never get something from someone who's who uses their real identity. Mm. I mean, even this guy, he calls himself Kim Trails Project, and he's all anonymous. Uh, there was the one guy who's now locked up in the loony bin up in Canada who was sending everyone death threats for years. Oh, right. You know, and he used a pseudonym as well. Mm. I'm so thankful that guy is gone now. It's just <laughs> such a headache. What was his? I've, I've, I did. I know a little bit about this listening to certain podcasts. See, yeah, that's a, that's what we've decided. We know when we've made it when we start getting death threats and people who aren't our friends. I mean, our friends have been. Yeah. Our lives for years, but uh, uh, when we mention them on the podcast by name and then and disparage them quite horrifically, like Greg made a death threat against me just before we started recording. That's true, it's true. That's, that's, that's what friends do. But it, it, yeah, it's but, but we know we're going to make it when someone death threats us. Now, to our listeners, please don't send death threats. <laughs> we know they're just pity threats. Yeah, yeah pity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we've got seven pity death threats. Yay. In the end, if you're sending death threats to everyone, it's, it takes the power away from it, doesn't it? You sort of go, well, he doesn't actually hate me. He just hates everything. Yeah, and that actually, my, actually, my wife was kind, of, uh, was kind of nervous about it when he first started because his list was like 20 people long, but then it got to be 20,000 people long. And 
Yeah, it's only when the list starts coming down one at a time where you've got to worry. <laughs> yeah. It's like the alien from the Douglas Adams, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book, where he's insu- oh, wow in- the third. Or yeah, in- insulting everyone in the universe. This guy's is going to threaten everyone with death, from starting with you know Anthony Aardvark right up to Zachary Zebra. Everyone in the world's going to get insulted and uh, threatened by this guy, whether their surname is an animal or not. <laughs> well, that's true. Quiet. Anyway, <laughs> let me just interject that oh, yes. some of your listeners may not know who we're referring to. So oh, yes. since that subject then makes no sense to listeners, <laughs> let's let's do our, our Tuvan throat singing. <laughs> can we can we try that? Oh, oh, I see. Oh, he's, no. he's a, he's a, you can tell somebody does, he does podcast interviews because he's thrown it back onto us now. Hang on, we'll do it together. Ready? One, one. Well, it doesn't count if there's two throats Shh, involved. Quiet, quiet. You're giving away the magic. Because you've got to, you've got, you've got to kind of get it. Oh, you, you get like a thing. At the back of your throat. So you get, But then you've got to get sort of a hum <laughs> happening at the front as well. So it's like... I feel like I've got a mouthful of flies. Oh, that was good. That's a well done. Well done, Dan. Yay. Mainly Dan. There. That was well, A sharp. That was. That was, that was, that was <laughs> you wish. I don't know what it was. Um, it was about six notes all at the and same time. I love time. the idea. Uh, now, you were talking about uh, people saying that they've seen ghosts. And I've had that too, where someone has gone, where I've gone, oh, well, ghosts don't exist. And someone said, well, I saw a ghost. And how do you, how do you respond to that? Because my first instinct is to go, no, you f***ing didn't. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all seriousness, how do you respond to that? I usually don't. I, mm. I think there's very, very little upside in arguing with people, trying to talk them out of having seen a ghost, because you're never, never going to change your mind. All you're going to do is create a conflict with somebody. Mm. Now, on my show, of course, it's different. I'll, I'll try and ex- get to the bottom of why people think that and why we shouldn't consider that to be good evidence. And of course, you know, the the scientist knows that his own personal experiences do not count for anything. They are Mm -hmm. completely useless as evidence. Oh, yeah. That's why that's what I teach all the listeners of the podcast by saying stuff that I believe is true at the time and that I apparently just made up. <laughs> that's right. That's, 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 very, that's, very true. That's a, mm, mm, dancing. Everyone's personal experiences are subject to, they're subject to all sorts of factors. They're, they're completely uncontrolled. They're subject to your, your prior preconceptions. Mm. They're subject to your own biases. They're Actually, subject can I, to... Can I just break in, Brian? I'm, I'm going to admit one of the podcasts that Dan's going to get very excited about. Now, but way before we started the podcast, many, many years ago now, Dan and I had a rip-snorting argument about the Corollis effect. And, and, oh, I, yeah. and I was absolutely positively sure at that time that the water in your sink would spin in a certain way, differently based on whether in the Southern or Northern Hemisphere. I was certain of this. Now, I, why I was certain was I'd travelled around the world and I'd thought about it and I'd actually done experiments in sinks. And so, so I'd done an experiment and, and verified my own conception of what it was, that, that it would spin opposite directions in different parts of the world. But then, of course, it doesn't. It's not true. All it was was confirmation bias. I was seeing what I wanted to see. But Dan couldn't... It took you a long time to convince me of that. Like, it really did. Well, what I did is I said, yeah. we should all do the experiment. Because it was... I think it was on a public forum. I went, we should all do the experiment. And Greg just stormed off. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But that's... that's I mean, I, I count myself as quite a rational person. But even then, I had a preconceived idea of what the world was. And then I fit the data to make that right. And it really took a long time to shake that, um, that it, it, assurity. And it's very easy with that Coriolis effect because when water spins down a sink, what happens is all the particles in the water spin one way, but because the, it's getting closer and closer to the plug hole, 
the waves bank up, and so you, you see like a screwing appear on the surface of the water, which spirals in the other direction. Ah, it's so, so, very complicated. So if you're looking for it to go uh, clockwise, uh, then right. you're then there are two things happening, and one of them is going clockwise, and you go, look, it's going clockwise. Yes, I just ignored it. Ah. Something like that. Have you have you seen that little thing? It's a little thing that you put on your coffee table and you give it a spin. You spin it with your fingers and it'll only spin one direction. If you try to spin it in the other direction, it'll wobble and then reverse. Have you seen that? Oh, um, it's, it's like it's like it's a it's a it's, yes. a, it's a it's a shape, isn't it? It's a solid shape. It's um yeah, it's a little thing about the about the size and dimensions of your finger. Yeah, and it's it's flat on the top and it's kind of got a curve like a canoe shape mm. uh, to it. It's it's just cut in such a way that it will only spin in one direction. Oh wow! And and some people you can tell people that that's the same effect. You can tell if I were down <laughs> in the, the southern hemisphere, the northern hemisphere, it would spin the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> because by looking at it, the, the the alteration that makes it spin one direction, not the other, is so subtle that you can't really see it by uh, there just by looking. There was a brilliant scam on the equator. What they, what these guys would do is they get a bucket of water and they'd say, watch uh, the Coriolis effect. You can, uh, mm. It'll spin one way on one side of the equator and then we walk to the other side and it'll change. <laughs> yes. And these skeptics were watching it going, I can't figure out how he's doing it, but it, <laughs> it, it works each time. And what he was doing is he was picking it up and then he, whichever, he'd turn... To, the, to his left or oh. to his right as he moved to, to move it. So he'd say, he'd spin the actual bucket. He, yeah, he, he would spin across the duration of him doing it. And so he'd, he would have done a 360-degree turn in one way, one direction or the other by the time he got to the other side, and that was how he was controlling it. it <laughs> you, know what the, brilliant. you know what the silliness is? The silliness here, is, uh, Brian, your silliness and our silliness is we find all these amazing things and we proceed to tell people about them when what we should be doing is making a lot of money out of them. There are a lot of people to be bilked. <laughs> there are people out there who are desperate to throw their cash at us. <sighs> why are we That's mo- true. Why are we moral you know, people? Oh, it, is, it, it is so funny because uh, all day long I'm looking at basically charlatans and frauds and, and people who are... Uh, there's also people selling crap and snake oil and stuff that doesn't work honestly they think it works mm, mm. for all these same reasons we're talking about uh in fact i would i would venture to say that most people who are selling uh you know hypnosis or psychic powers psychic readings all of this stuff i would venture to say that most of them genuinely believe that it works reflexology etc 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 chiropractic yes and and uh, and we we learn so much about how effectively these things can be marketed mm. and how easy it is to fool people into thinking your thing works and and anything that's government approved is part of a conspiracy and it's corrupt and, and the whole all natural fallacy. We see how <laughs> yes. easy it would be to market this stuff and to make a million dollars. And I, I, you know, I got to admit, like everyone else, it's it's tempting sometimes. But you got to <laughs> keep your head and, and say, well, no, what am I here to do? I'm here. Am I? I'm here to help people because it's not only important, but it's cool and it's real. <laughs> And it can, that's right. And it can backfire as well. Uh, connected to this, there was a, a computer programmer who got very angry at Facebook style games like Farmville and all those sort of games, clicking games. He thought they were quite puerile, though they're making a lot of money and thought they were addicting people. So to, to prove it was rubbish, he made the worst version he could make, which was called Cow Clicker, I think, which is you literally clicked on a picture of a cow. And then this <laughs> program then made him bucket loads of cash. <laughs> and he sat back going, no, 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 I'm trying to prove how stupid you are. And people went, yes, we are stupid. Take our money. And so in the end, he had to stop it. So, and he kept trying to prove it to people. So he then he had like the cowpocalypse, where all the cows got raptured away, and then he all he had on his, and all he had left was a shadow. And people still kept pressing the pic, the shadow of the cow and sending him money. 
so and he was, and he, had, he had to stop. He had to go. I'm so sorry. I I tried to show something, and I'm just making money out of it. And I feel really bad. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping he gave that money to charity, but I don't Man, know. I, if I got to that point where people were that desperate to throw their stupid money at me, I'd be, just throw my hands up and go, you know what? You deserve what you get. But on the I'm other hand, car. But on the other hand, this is the thing. My partner has. She likes scratchy. You know, I don't know if you have them in America. Do you have scratchies? A lot of tickets you scratch off. Yeah. And you get three yeah, yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. yeah. Scratch, scratch off tickets. I, I don't know. Scratch are they allowed ticket. to gamble in America? I don't know. <laughs> so they're very shut down. Society. They're closed. And, and, <laughs> and, so, and, and I used to call it her stupid tax. And that was always, that was my little, oh, girl clumsy, stupid tax. And it was my, always my very mocking. And then one day she won, this is many years ago, so it's safe to say it now. She won a bucket load of cash. And, cause it's statistically someone has to win it. And, and it just happened that she was the person who won. And I, I had to sit back that, that moment on and never say another word. I'm like, well, actually, you can, yeah, you're allowed to, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've beaten the odds somehow. I was just like, oh, damn. Well, I, and I went, well, you know, statistically that has to happen occasionally to one person. Yes. And then another friend of ours yes. won 1.2 million dollars <laughs> and we're like what is going on here i just came back from another friend's place the other night he, they won ten thousand bucks in travel it's, it's weird i don't know i think i think what it is i think listeners it's you have to stand close to dan and i and you become lucky yeah. do what we say that's like that's our plan although is that right brian i'm not, brian dunning it, it says hasn't worked it, for me yet yeah. damn it <laughs> uh day and over yet go go with us brian and we, we'll although, share you with a third of the profit i promise i met a girl and oh uh, very yeah I met a girl, and a month later, she won. <laughs> she was pregnant. She won. She, she didn't even realise. Not healthy at all. You're having far too much fun over there. She didn't know she'd entered a competition, and then she got contacted by uh-huh. this company, and they said you've won five thousand bucks, and she had. But so she got five thousand bucks into her account. It wasn't a scam. No, it wasn't a scam. Mm. It was from it was from Flight Center or something. Oh, weird. Okay. And yeah, mm. it was just she was automatically in the draw by buying a flight. Oh, I see. Right. And so she won 5000 bucks, and then three months later, she had to leave the country, and she said, I don't want to leave the country, and they said, <laughs> well, you don't have to leave the country, but you do need to have $5,000 in your account, and she went, ta-da, and then I married her. Oh. So oh. I won the smallest amount of any of my friends. That's right. But you won a woman. I won a woman. <laughs> Dan Beeston won a woman. That's lovely. Now, <laughs> uh, Brian, would you like to talk? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Oops. On the same subject, I'm in the process of converting Skeptoid Media, which is the company through which I run the podcast <gasps> and my video podcast and everything. Skeptoid Media. Company. Skeptoid oh. I'm converting it into a uh, nonprofit. I'm, I'm always looking for ways to keep the nonprofit funded. And one of the things that I have considered, I'm not going to do this. Let me underscore to everyone listening. <laughs> I am not going to do this. I can't wait to edit that line out. It's the kind of thing where you, if you look at this whole idea, if you examine any of the points of it, you can't find anything that's actually wrong. But the whole thing just stinks. You have to look at the big picture and you see the whole thing stinks. Mm -hmm. And here's what the plan is. I was going to dress up as wearing one of those uh, kung fu suit, the the white suit. The gi. Gi. I was going to wear a gi. And I'm going to take a whole bunch of little tiny bottles of water and I'm going to bless them with this kind of kung fu energy. (laughs) And, I, man, I had this all storyboarded out. I was ready to shoot the video. I was going to have all of these (laughs) scenes where I'm firing kung fu energy at the bottles and the whole table shakes (laughs) and things like this. And I've noticed when people are selling things, the, the idea obviously is to sell these little bottles of supercharged, energized water. Mm, mm. When, when people are selling these things, often at the end, not always, but often, they'll say something like, the government tells you that I can't legally claim that this does anything. 
but uh, you know it does. So I was going to put oh, disclaimers like this, yes. saying, I can't tell you that there's <laughs> anything in this water that will do anything, that there's anything other than just regular tap water in this in this bottle. Why stop and, with the and double it, negative? Just go for, like, the sex tuplet. I can't no, not I, no, begin gonna, to untell you. I was going to go even further than that. I was going to – if they want to buy it, they, they see the YouTube video. They then go to the web page, and the web page says that in even more black and white. Mm. And then they go – if they still want to buy it, that takes them to another page that says, this doesn't do a damn thing. This is just, uh, <laughs> please, please put your and credit card here. Yeah. yeah, then they can put in their credit card. And what <laughs> nice. I found is that the more of those things that you throw up, the more people will want it. It's, it's an old axiom of advertising. Tell them they can't have it, and they'll want it. I just have so no idea. Brian, I just had an I, idea. Sorry, go, go, sorry, go, go on. No, no, you do your idea, and then I'll tell you my idea. I, I, we, we can make millions, but go on, go on. That's, that, that's my idea. I, I'm not going to do it because the whole thing stinks, and, and basically it's ripping people off. It's people, people are going to think that the, that the water does something, even though you've told them left, right, and sideways it doesn't. That's, that's not the way that I want to run my business. Karen, okay, <laughs> let, me, let me go with you. Let me go with you. No, it's not, I, think we, I think there's a whole different market we could tap here, Brian, you and I. We'll, we'll, we'll push Dan out of it. I think 50-50. Sorry, Dan, you're out. No, that's all right. That's I've it. got my $5,000. $5,000 woman. <laughs> Now, the idea is, using your idea, Brian, we have an ad. Imagine this. You go, hi, I'm Brian Dunning from Skeptoid.com, and this water is full of skeptic energy. Are you, e- are, you easily, are you easily confused by people who believe in ghosts and gods and other spoogly things? Then I, Brian Dunning, have been sitting on this water for a week, filling it full of skeptical energy. It will, it will make you less chance of being built by idiots. For only $100 a bottle, you'll never fall for a scam again. I'm Brian Dunning. See? Perfect. We'll make millions. You have the name and I have the lack of morals, Brian. We can do this. All right, we'll talk after the show. Okay, yeah, the shit, it'll never, this, this will never happen. Wink, wink. I can provide the water. I said, oh, goodness. Dan Beeston's water. No. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, no, that's not what I wanted. That's what I meant. Oh, anyway. Now, I wanted to be interested in how you got into this whole crazy weekly job that you pretty much do. Did you just wake up one morning and went, I really, 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 really want to spend my hours making a podcast, putting people right. I mean, what, what was your thought process? Yeah, well, you know, I went to school. I studied uh, computer science and film directing in, in college. <laughs> of course and did. I never really followed up with either one of those as much of a career. I, I did do some computer science, but really that just devolved into run-of-the-mill software engineering, which is much lamer by comparison. Right. So, I, you know, I, I never really had an outlet until uh, podcasting came along. And, and doing a science podcast just happened to be the perfect convergence of all of my interests and my background and everything that I really wanted to do. And it's just something that really clicked with me personally, just a, at a really deep level for what I wanted to do with my life. And, and the way I heard about it was by poking through iTunes and I came across Skepticality, you know, mm. one of the original mm. podcasts. So I think uh, everyone who has a podcast, especially a skeptical podcast, is always going to owe something to Derek and Swoopy for getting that whole thing started. Mm. I told my wife, you know, this really looks cool. I want to make, I, I just, I just want to make four or five, get it out of my system, you know, and and, and I'll be done. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, okay. Yeah, Same. Well, you can hear like, in the background there was, right. a, there was a sound of a cloud, <laughs> lightning. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I got started. 
That's... I did five episodes at the time. You couldn't you couldn't list something on iTunes unless you had five episodes. So I made five and uploaded them, and and uh, here I am, uh, three hundred episodes later. And I suppose it gets to a point where you have to start saying, okay, I am spending more time than, than I am with my spouse. Um, <laughs> like, if something's got to give in the end, you've you got to make go, this is going to get a lot more serious or a lot less serious. Yes, exactly. And that's a balance that it has proven to be almost impossible for most podcasters to, mm. to meet. Mm. I, I had to dump two of my wives. I've only got the one left now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, okay. I mean, first of all, I have a, I have a wife and two kids, and I have to be wow. husband and dad first. So I stop working at five o'clock in the evening, and I don't work on weekends. Mm. That's the plan. But it has gotten to the point where I now have to do all the recording and production on the weekends, and the side projects I have. I'm always working on a book, for example. Is <laughs> those are happening in the evenings? So. So you don't sleep, do you, Brian Dunning? That's what it is. You don't sleep. I tell you, it is. It is it's a grind. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Because I also have to work full time to support the family. Oh, um, okay. So that's I see. So oh, you, yeah. have, you have a normal job as well. Wow. Although, although that's down to about a half time job, and I'd say I'm I'm just about fifty fifty on the podcast and work as far as the income goes. I kind of got one foot in one camp and the other foot in the other camp, and I'm trying to get all the way into the podcast. And mm. I had a I had a goal to make it by the end of this year, which I'm not quite going to reach. Mm. But it, it is growing. Oh, but um, what if you feature on Smart Enough I, I know. Better, they're they're going to swarm. Know. Yeah, Australian doubloons will be sent to you. We still use the doubloon, don't we, Dan? That's, that's, I think it's so. Doubloon sterling. Doubloon sterling. Yeah. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Want to be gold, silver? What are you talking about? <laughs> Dan's making up stuff again. It's, that's impressive. I always found it amazing that, that there is a market for it. But uh, but also the fact it's a market that I feel it's it's a market that at least you can feel good about. Like you know, you're not bilking someone. You're not basing on someone's pain, or you're actually giving information. You're helping out so that that's that's a positive thing i'm trying to say here yeah i mean my, my show is all listener supported I, there's some ads google ads on the website but that's chump change almost all of the income comes from listener support listener donations you know on the one hand it's extremely gratifying mm -hmm. because literally every penny that i'm earning someone is sending me for no other reason because they feel that I've really earned it. Mm. <laughs> and, and on the other hand, it's kind of scary. It's a big responsibility because you have to keep all of those people happy if you want to keep getting that money. I, I can't slack for a moment. And it's it's also nowhere near being able to support itself as a business. Yes. And clearly it needs to be. So I have to keep doing a better and better job and try and encourage more people to support the show, make it a two-way street for me. Sure. See, Dan and I, we, we do our own research. And uh, recently we started sort of expanding out slightly into our news contacts so people can get hold of news items for us and interesting things before they happen. And it's not hugely, but people we know, but it's all people who know us and enjoy what we do. But you have armies of researchers, don't you? Or is that not true? No, I don't, I don't have armies of oh, researchers I'm at sorry. all. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, the, the closest thing I have to that is I have a, I have a, a Google group that there's a few hundred people on. And whenever I have a question that I just cannot find the answer to, which usually happens once or twice a month, I'll send a question out to that list and I'll usually get what I need. It's a crowdsourcing, but, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but otherwise, no, I do, I do all of the uh, research and, and work, uh, myself. There is, uh, some volunteer work on the website. There's a whole backend secret interface to the website where people can uh, maintain references and further readings 
suggestions for episodes, mm. but but all of those volunteers flaked away a long time ago, so I've had to do all that myself as well. Okay, that's incre- incredible because you do quite impressive bibliographies for your shows and uh, show notes and things like that. I mean, one, actually, one of the reasons we yeah. do show notes in yeah. our show is because of in, my knowledge of your show, and it's important to say when you say something where you found it, and so other people can read the bias of what you've read. So, you know, if you say X, Y, and Z, it may not be true, especially if Dan says makes it. it. Yeah, it makes it easy to track down what I've made up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so we tried yeah to... <laughs> that all got started because in the early days, I didn't keep track of that. In the early days, I didn't really even have much of the website. It was just a podcast going through iTunes, and you don't have footnotes in an audio show. Mm. So I didn't even bother to write down where I'd had my sources. And by the time I had 100, 150 episodes, it was getting <laughs> to be – I was getting a ton of negative feedback that I didn't have any references listed. Mm. So for the first half of the shows – those had to go back and be recreated retroactively. And that was where I needed all the volunteer support. And that worked fantastically. Mm. A lot of people put a ton of effort into that. I can't thank them enough, but they've since all flaked, like I said. <laughs> that, you know, that, that's just the nature of volunteer work. I mean, mm. volunteer work is volunteerism. You know, it's, it's not going to last forever. It's not sustainable. Um, I think it's a big difference between, for example, if you have some sort of natural disaster and your house falls down, your neighborhood is quite likely to come and help you, you know, dig yourself out and get all your stuff and give you food and shelter and look after you for a while. But if you then said, now for the rest of my life, carry me on a palaquin, <laughs> they'd go, ah, uh, no, thanks, but no. <laughs> well, this is why I'm converting to a nonprofit, because I need to bring in enough money, uh, enough money that I can hire a person. I've got a pretty good business plan and I've got uh, the first hires that I need to make because I, I do do have plans not only to keep this going, but to make it much larger mm. and produce much more marketable wide audience material. That's going to be darn good. And I'm just going to need a lot more help to do that. So it's got to be a more a more sustainable business model than than it is now. Can you call them like you call them like, like science monkey or research monkey? You research monkey research for me. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Give, give that would be awesome. The skeptics. <laughs> Brian Dunning and the skeptics. So, and, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to have research monkeys because oh. doing the research is half the fun. Now, Brian, one last question before we go. I'm yes. just out of, out of interest. Have you ever researched something where your viewpoint was like diametrically opposed at the start as it was to the end? Like you really believed it or you really didn't believe it? And at the end, you, you, you researched it and went, oh, my goodness, I was, I'm now 180 degrees back fa- about face about that thing. I, I wouldn't say quite 180 degrees, but uh, many times, a lot of my episodes, I didn't know what the answer was. I had no idea. And you, you dig far enough, generally you find definitive proof that the paranormal phenomena, whatever it is, does not exist the way that it's been reported. Mm. And that's always interesting. And that's something that I almost never knew. So most of these episodes, I come into it with no idea what I was going to find. I was just talking about one on Facebook with Ben Radford, who wrote an article in the next issue of Skeptical Inquirer about the Bell Witch, which is an old witch story that we have from uh, the American South here. And when I did my episode on the Bell Witch, basically you've got some 200-something-odd-years-old story a witch story. Did anything happen? How the heck do you tell 200 mm. years later? Mm. Was there actually a witch in this county? And, you know, you can't find that out, but you can find out that the, the author who wrote the first book about it fabricated all of his evidence. <laughs> and, and so you can get a pretty good idea that uh, that's where the story began right, right then and there. I, I went into it not having any idea whether I was just going to have to say, well, maybe there was a witch, maybe there wasn't. Be skeptical, folks. Oh, I've, I've, I've had a very off. similar experience so far as what you're 
getting at, Greg, where you expect one thing and the, then you end up with something completely opposite. Because there was this video I found of this girl. At, from the waist up, she looked just like a pretty girl. But from the waist... Actually, we don't have time <laughs> for the rest of this story. We're going to have to wrap up. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Brian, thank you so much for deigning to have a chat with us about science and skepticism. And skeptoid.com. And some ignorance just thrown in there. That's true. To help out. Thank you very much, guys. It's fun. Merry Christmas, Greg. Merry Christmas, Dan. It's almost Christmas, and when this podcast comes out, it'll be just days away. <laughs> Very exciting. And all of the all of the magic of Christmas time. I love it. The, I the, love the babies getting born. Oh. Oh, actually, I was on Twitter, and there was some talk about atheists don't have any morals, so they can have sex with animals. Awesome. Can we? Why are so, we wasting our time here? Yeah. And then I said... Wait a second. I thought that the one element of, of cross-species sexification in the Bible actually mm. resulted in Jesus. Because <laughs> that, was, that was God nailing Mary. Nice. So that created like this. Right. Yeah. I see. So, and then someone else said, well, didn't the angels? And I said, no, no genitals on your angel. That was the Sodomites having a go at the angels. Yes. Yes. yes but yes, no see. holes. Mm. Well, mm. I guess. Poo holes? Different, Do angels have bums? And look, look, what angels are we talking about here? You want to go Old Testament angels? They didn't even look human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wings they, of fire yeah. and like 800 wings and eyes out to Wahoo. Oh, too much magic. Too it's, much magic. It's, and yet, I, I love Jewish angels. When you just go, oh, when, when, you, when, yeah. when you want to go crazy, you're like, it's Jewish angel time! Yeah! You don't want Jewish angels in your Put house. Put some lamb's blood on the door it's or like, else you're in trouble. Yeah, it's like they will come in and they will kick open your dummy. Yep. And that's one type of Christmas magic. The other type of Christmas magic... <laughs> Is Santa Claus. Yay! Welcome to the Crypto Zoo. Christmas Crypto Zoo! Yes, indeed. Presents for all of us. Where we get to deal with some sort of strange mythical creature uh, and look at it in a scientific way there is no strange creature in santa claus myth not one it's not all one grounded in reality flying reindeer except that one yes and elves well and, and the fact that santa can get around the world very quickly yeah night. anyway flying reindeer flying reindeers yes how do how do reindeer fly yeah interesting and and, and what what else needs to uh, be thought about in that yes, situation. Yes, Because reindeer, they eat grass. Yes, they do. Well, normal reindeer do. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not flying reindeer. No? Well. Well, uh, just, hummingbirds. Uh, yes. So, yeah, well, they, they need a lot of energy. That's what I'm trying to say. But I think we're jumping ahead here. Yeah. Let's, let's not talk about the fuel. Let's talk about the mechanics first. Okay. So flying reindeer. Yeah. How do they fly? Um, do they have wings? They, they never portrayed as having no, wings, do no, they? No, no wings. So no. It's not, and, and it can't be jet powered because it would stand us behind it. And he would get blasted with like like reindeer flame. So maybe I mean Santa Claus has got a lot of magic going on. No, no, he's or... he's in a no, no. We're not, we're not talking about magic. No, you, magic. that's right. Yeah. Skip those No magic. Okay. So he's, he's got sitting shields. in a giant sleigh. No, no. But, uh, we're talking. We're trying to work it out. Like okay, you, you can't just declare magic force field. Okay, no, all right. Just declare magic. Okay, I, I'm not. Uh, he's in a big sleigh. Yep. And it's sitting behind. Yep. Twelve reindeer. Thirteen reindeer. Twelve. Uh, twelve. Twelve. Twelve, uh, twelve reindeer. Unless foggy. Yes, that's right. And then they have the. And we'll get back to him. I kind yeah. of thought about him. So they can't be flying flame back on Santa. He could maybe put the sleigh slightly high, and they could be underneath, or they could be above him, maybe pulling at an angle. Mm. That's very dangerous. Or just from a from a from a center point, 
So it's like this big don't this Taurus of, of <laughs> or, reindeer. Or maybe they fly like geese, and so Santa's in a, it's in a it's in a big arrow, and so Santa's getting a bit of each reindeer is behind the other reindeer at an angle, and they're all getting they're in the eddies like MythBusters. I watched MythBusters show recently, oh, yeah. and it actually works. They prove that geese actually are getting some sort of aerodynamic lift. I'll put a link to that. Yep. And so maybe Santa's going, hmm, these reindeer aren't very aerodynamic, but if they go behind each other, it's going to give them a five percent boost. Ah, so that's important. But they haven't got wings. I haven't got jets. No. What, how else can they fly then? Uh, snakes don't have wings. Well spotted. Which is one of the most well obvious things ever. But some snakes flatten themselves out to, to, to glide. Oh, gliding reindeer. Yeah. From the North Pole. Yeah. So if, if gravity worked slightly differently, they could just jump from the North Pole to the South Pole. And See, that doesn't work. No. No, no, no. That's okay. not really working. So flat. There has to be somewhere. It has to be a way to get up and out and then down. Because they, they go yeah. up and down a lot. They can't just glide. Now, there are some creatures that kind of fly. But yes. they don't fly through the air, Ooh. they fly through the ocean. But, but just so you know, fluid dynamics is all the same. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So you could oh. have, it could, they, could, they could swim like a fish. Yes. But then they don't have the big tails and stuff. And air is a lot less thick. Indeed. Um, what about the, the, those tiny little microscopic creatures with fil- philia? Is that what they're called? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, the, uh... It's called philium. Is, is that the no, little things no, that, yeah, that they no, travel with? No, um, no it's not. Um, phylum? Philum? Ah! should know this. Don't remember it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Little, but little tiny hairs. Yes. Go, yes. Could the reindeer, all their hairs, be turned into philia to swim through the medium of the air? Yes, they could. Yep. That's, that's fine. But... Unfortunately, scaling, going from very small to very big, mm. the laws change weirdly very mm-hmm. quickly. Even from something like a, like a tiny, tiny golf ball to a cannonball mm. changes everything. Like, it makes a big difference. You can't just make it – you can't just go lots of hairs on a small thing, amoeba size, therefore it can move through water, therefore we scaled up to a reindeer size, and therefore lots of hairs fly. I don't, I don't think that would be acceptable. The, mm. the, the, the water the, – sorry, the, the fluid it's swimming through or flying through, the air, it would have to be – like jelly. Uh. I think I have to get thicker for the size of it, my guess would be. But, okay, so maybe magnetism. Magnetism? Magnetism. Now, go with me on this one. All right. The North Pole, right? Yep. North Pole. So the top of the planet. Yeah. We're talking magnetic. I'm going to say magnetic north, not the north physical North Pole of the planet. Yeah. Important differentiation. There's a difference of, of quite a few tens of kilometers, but it moves around a lot. I'm going to say Santa's... Wait, so, so, sorry, the, the actual North Pole. The physical North Pole of the planet. Not the... Mag- not magnetic north. I want magnetic north, not the north pole of the planet. Okay. That's where Santa is, is the, situated. The other thing is that okay, the, the planet's a giant magnet. Yes. And the magnetic north is at the north. Yes. So it's, it's a, little bit, a little bit away from the actual north pole. Yes. The, like the axis that it yes. spins around. Mm. So the magnetic north pole is at the top mm. and the magnetic south pole is at the bottom. Yes. But it's a giant magnet. Yes. And if you compare that to any other magnet in the world, that giant magnet its North Pole is yes, at the bottom, I was say that, and its yes. South Pole is at the top. This, this blew my mind when I was on who I, I can't remember where I found that, but it blew when I finally and I went, oh my god, of course! If you have a, a compass and you point it at something, the North Pole of your compass points to, to the, the South. The, the, yeah, well, it should point to the opposite. Magnets opposite yeah. attract North to South. So the the North of your compass must be attracted to the opposite of what it's what it is. So the North must be pointing to the South magnetic pole. So why do they call the North Pole the North Pole, the North Physical Pole and the North Magnetic Pole? Because people in Europe thought they were the only people in the world. They thought they were awesome. So they're not, they don't live on the bottom of the world. They live at the top of the world. Mm-hmm. They, so therefore, it's only because where the planet is. But yeah, you're right. It's Technically, that is the South Magnetic Pole, though we don't call it that. We call it the North Magnetic Pole. Mm. 
And we look forward to your emails, how we're wrong, and uh, but we're not. And <laughs> on that one, it's, it's weird, but it's true. Yeah. Right, so gonna... what you're saying is that reindeer are made of ferrous material. So I don't, don't jump ahead, Dan. Okay, don't all right. Ahead. Sorry. So, well, important to give some information. The North Magnetic Pole is interesting because that's where all the particles smash into the Earth and the Sun. But all, the, all the solar wind, yep. the, the Van Allen's belt, which protects our planet and stops us all getting sort of horribly fried mm-hmm. from a coronal mass uh, event. Yep. That gets energized and all zooms down and, and it smashes away and gets taken away from us, but it, gets, it runs into the Earth at the North and South Magnetic Poles. Yep. And that's why you start getting auroras and that sort of stuff. Which yes. Is, and you get colors in space. So all this energy is smashing into the ground, which means... We have a better vector for mutation to start off with. Oh. See, see? Ha, huh, thinking Okay, here. So, good. So reindeer that live up there, which I don't think they do, but Santa probably has a herd up there for quite a while. But I doubt they live that far north, in fact. But they're there, and so mm. Santa's kept them there. That's why he lives at the North Pole, so he's mutated reindeer. And okay. he just keeps selecting over the years. So takes the Oh, so you don't think that they evolved naturally? Oh, God, no. no. They're okay. flying reindeer. What are you, mad? All right. They're no, sorry. Evolved. Sorry, all right. Yeah, Science gone crazy. Flying reindeer. Of course they didn't evolve. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, my theory is, he, you can't just breed in flight into a reindeer. That doesn't work. No. But if you gave them a diet that they could have some, some sort of metal in their bones, maybe, or mm-hmm. some sort of like a swim bladder made of metal, um, flight bladder. Yeah. And when they are energized, it gives the opposite polarity to the planet. And so the harder they go, oh, like piezoelectric, piezoelectric crystals. When you when you flex them, they give off they give off electricity. Yeah. So maybe that's they flex, they flex, 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 flex inside, like, and uh, like Kegel Kegel exercises. Mm-hmm. And they can, and they and they drift away. And they, and and the harder they push them, electricity is formed, and it makes that opposite polarity, and it lifts off the ground. Oh. Yeah. There you go. That's my theory. Ooh. And in the North Pole, they're energized. I mean, that's that's the, the, the muscles in their body wouldn't be able to maintain that for long. But they've been sitting in all this wonderful soup of, of solar wind from space mm. for the whole year. Think about it, the whole year. Ah, and that's so and that's been energized. And they're like, mm, and they're and they're like holding each other down. Like, hold down, no, hold down. Okay, go. That's why it has to be done really quickly in one night. Mm. We're full of energy. Go. Ah. But the sad thing is, is my th- sad point. Yes. You know, come Dan- Dancer, come Donna, come Blitz, and the other stuff, you know, yeah. and all the rest. I can't know the name. Come, you should know this. We should know this. But I don't think, I think they're call signs. Dancer, like, Prancer, Donna, and Blitzen. Blitzen. Comet, Comet Cupid. Cupid, Wanda, and Vixen. <laughs> this Vixen, I don't think it's Wanda. It's not Wanda? Sneezy. Sneezy. But anyway, and, and Rudolph. Now, they call signs, not names, actual reindeer. Because Ooh. these things probably mutate to all buggery, and they probably get horrible tumors. Ah. So there's a, so the, the, when Donna dies, the next Donna steps into the place. I see. So that's my guess. That's it's, We don't mention that to the kiddies. Okay. Magnetism, that's great. Yeah. And yep. it also works for Rudolph, because he has a piezoelectric nose. Ah. So he's managed to put all his crystals into his top of his head, and now he's got like a glowing face. Right. And he just goes, he frowns. And more the other reindeer, all the other reindeer, used to laugh and call him names. Yep. They never let Paul Rudolph join into the reindeer games. Now, that was a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And the reason was... Uh, hooked up to a drip in a hospital because of the tumour. No, wait. No, no, no that's, that's later. No, no, no. Okay. Don't, don't. No, no, because they needed him to cry and be sad because when he tensed his face up, the piezoelectric crystals <laughs> in his face would be activated and his nose would light up. They need to do it. it. It's horrific, but they have to make him sad. Ah. If he's happy, he doesn't generate enough. Gotcha. But don't you move more? Don't you move more facial muscles when you smile than when you frown? No, no, no. More f- facial muscles when you frown than ah, when you well, smile. Ah, well, there you go. That's fine. 
<laughs> so you make him frown. There you go. So I think it's magnetic. That's my guess. I see. Hummingbirds need to eat a lot mm. in order oh, just to stay alive. Yes, they do. Yeah. So it's like the sugar, little bits of nectar and stuff. Yes. So all the little birds that eat grain and stuff. Yep. But big birds, mm. fish, rabbits... Like albatross is one of the, oh, the right. biggest birds. I think fish and rabbits aren't birds. Yeah, big birds, uh, big like birds. fish and rabbits. Sorry. Yeah, what? big birds. Albatrosses eat fish. Yes, hawks eat rabbits, and they, eat, they also eat small children. They they need a lot of energy to keep that mass up in the air. Yes. So I'm thinking reindeer. Yeah. Carnivorous. Okay. Like flying reindeer. I'll, I'll go with carnivorous. This. Yeah, meat meats are very very highly packed yeah. source of energy. Because they need energy. I mean, you're saying they're absorbing it out of the stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to come at it from a point of view where they evolved up there. Oh, okay, fair enough. Rather than we're Oh, bred. I see. You're one of those evolutionary reindeer people. Well, mm. I'm a intelligent design reindeer person. Right. I understand. No, fair enough. You have your little little Darwinian evolutionary flying goddamn reindeer. Okay. I love the magic man with a beard making them, thanks. Now, uh, <laughs> six months of winter up there. Yes. Dark. Yeah. So they need to feed. They're yes. carnivores and they need to feed. Right. How to fish lure in stuff when they're at the bottom of the ocean? Lights. Lights. Nice. So occasionally there is one in the group that can actually light up their nose oh. to draw in the prey. That's Just right. like uh, sometimes there's, there's a harem of female fish. Yes. And then if there's no male fish, then one of them will turn into a male fish. I see. Oh. Yeah. So the Rudolph. So there's only ever one Rudolph. Rudolph. Yes. Once in a call sign, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out, there's a Rudolph. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like the runt, except it's the other yes, end. Yes. It's the Rudolph of the group. I like it. Okay. And not just not just fish, unfortunately, because you'd be out there and you'd be like, oh, my God, I've, I've, I was trying to get to the North Pole uh, and, and I want to be the first man to make it. And I, oh, I'm lost. I'm lost. I can't get... Mm. Do the noises. Do the noises. Oh... I'm lost on the North Pole and my Inuit friends. I don't know why they're with me because we didn't go that way. But they've left too. Um, wait, what's that red light? It must be a cabin. Maybe it's Jolly St. Nick. I'll just walk towards it. Uh, I like that. Uh, yeah, so that no, I like that's, that's I do like that the nose being an evolutionary mm. to, to to attract prey. Yeah, nice red, blood red. They they're carnivorous. Okay, they, they're they, carnivorous. Yes, they've got a ferrous bladder. Yes, some sort that's of that's powered by piezoelectric yes. current. Yes, that's right. Piezoelectric crystals that make eating a lot of food yes. and absorbing radiation yes, out yes, of the sky. Wind. Yes, nice into the aurora, and that's why they fly. That's why they want to fly. They want to get to the aurora. That's the whole thing. They, they, they need to get up to closer. Once they get going, they know there's more energy up there. Ah. So they, they can bask much higher. So they, they begin with, like, and they go, flex, 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 and they go into the sky, and they get more energy. They're they get higher in the sky. Oh, there's a good horror film in this. <laughs> Evil Merry Santa. Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. You did real good today, son. I'll be the first to say that I was a bit hesitant to let you help out in our League of Supervillains, but you really held up your end of the bargain. Good job. Hey, Stan, want to get us some drinks? He's shopping. Stan? Is that a nickname? No! We don't allow nicknames in the League of Supervillains! <laughs> yeah. What? Well, you all have nicknames. I don't think we do. <laughs> but I mean, your head crusher. Yes! That's not your real name. Of course it is. Here, check my license. Edward Crusher. At your service. 
Face hacker. Face hacker. Micro eater. Michael. Micro eater. But, but, but Titaner. Professor Evil. Icebringer. Tyler Tanner. Professor Edward Villay. Ivan Springer. The Jaywalker. Jay. Walker. What about Doctor Claus? Oh, um, yeah, but but that's different. Obviously, Doctor Claus is a nickname. <laughs> Bloody Mary's all around. Yeah, 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 hasn't finished his thesis yet. But, but, but you're Standover. Stanley Dover in the flesh. You mean to say that your name isn't really Dark Blade, Bringer of Doom? You've been lying to us. I didn't realize. I mean. My real name doesn't bring fear and anguish to the hearts of my enemies. What is your real name then? Derek Manson. Oh well, here's to our enemies cowering before Mr. D. Manson. To, to Demon Son. Hydrogen, helium, lithium, beryllium, boron. Carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, fluorine, neon, sodium, magnesium, aluminium, silicon, phosphorus, sulfur, and on and on and on. Wait, I could, I'd, hang on. I could go on. That's a lot of reindeer names. <laughs> was that only 12? That was only a few. Okay. And I'm talking about elements, my friend. Elements. That's, ah. my, that's my party trick. If you ever get a few beers into me at a party, and uh, ladies, you want to do this, then I will go through the periodic table for you. It's pretty exciting. That is the second nerdiest thing I've ever heard anyone <laughs> do when they're drunk. And unfortunately... I end up reciting Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Oh, nice. So, uh, That's very good. We make quite a team. That's right. <laughs> Ladies, look out. That's right. Elements and nevermore. Now, who gets to pick these names? I mean, sometimes the names are obvious, like helium, helios, because they thought it was only in the sun. It was discovered as an element. Oh, it's only in the sun. And then later on, they discovered it on Earth. And, oh, my God, it's on Earth. Yay. Yeah. And, and, they, uh, and, and other things as well. Radium as well. I'm going to go on a big, this might be a big walk of shame for later. But radium, ra, radium. And, and the, they thought it was an element of the sun as well, originally. I've read that somewhere, and I'm, my brain's going, that's totally wrong. Ah. <laughs> it's fun when it does that. Thanks, brain. Of course, where do the names come from? Who, who chooses the names when new elements are discovered? Aren't they? Oh, new ones? Aren't, yes. they, aren't, the, aren't the ones that have been discovered recently named after people? Normally they are. Yes, that's right. And they're normally named by an international panel. Oh. And, and these things are made now. Like, we make them, and in, in, we crash things together. Yeah. And, and, they, and these are ridiculously unstable. Though there is a theory that there is a certain number, 130-something, I think, maybe a bit higher, of, of, in the element, you know, one hydrogen being yeah. one, helium being two, you know, as you go up numbers, maybe as an island of stability of very massive atoms and elements as well. Oh, wow. And, but that's a theory, and we're not going to go there. But these ones are ridiculously, you're talking about 114, that's what we're up to now, sort of yep. around that area, and they're ridiculously unstable. They have yeah, they last for... Milliseconds. Just a couple of hours yeah. and then whoosh. Nothing. Not even yeah. hours. Not even hours. A couple of minutes. Couple of, no, no, microseconds. Okay. A puss. Just a puss. <laughs> then all the scientists go, yay! yay! Oh. Uh, <laughs> we just spend how much money? But these things get found and, they, and they're about to keep checking and then they work out the properties of these things and they try and make them last. I heard uh, there's a guy who's collecting the elements. He's making an art project which has all the elements. So he's got a, a, a little... A, That's Oliver a, Sacks. Oh, is it? Oliver Sacks, a psychologist, a neurobiologist. Yeah. Um, and you should, you, should, you should stop listening to this rubbish and run out and read The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat and, and every other book he's ever written. He's a wonderful man. Yeah. Don't do that. Keep listening to the podcast. <laughs> uh, I.I. Like, Net. 
dot org. <laughs> no, dot net. Dot and, and if all of us, Oliver Sacks would like to be interviewed, we'd love to interview you. Uh, I, I think he's awesome. In fact, I'm, I'm colorblind, so The Island of the Colorblind was a really interesting book for me mm. to read. Smart enough to know better does not want to interview Oliver Sacks. Oh, no, he does. <laughs> but no, he's, he's collected all the different, different elements and put them in a, in a chest, and he shows them to people. And he has to get special permission for the radioactive one. Oh, I bet he does. <laughs> but and, and, and the ones that only last for a second, he gets like the signatures of the people who found it or something? Oh, does he? I didn't know or that the, one. The, the, someone's doing oh, it like okay. that. I know this, like, things like some of them are radioactive and dangerous. Some of them are like thallium and just ridiculously poisonous. Yeah. So you, it's not that you're going to get radiation sickness, but you just thallium. Get oh, the sickness. Death. Yeah, you just, get, <laughs> just get the sickness. But element 114 and element 116 are the latest heavy elements to be added to the table. Mm-hmm. And they are called flerovium and livermorium. Named flerovium. Flerovium. That sounds... Atomic symbol Fantastic, FL. Fantastic, doesn't it? Flerovium. And that's for Georgi N. Flerov from 1913 to 1990, a renowned physicist who discovered the spontaneous fission of uranium. And Livermorium, with atomic symbol LV, was chosen to honor Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory and the city of Livermore, California. Yeah. But, ladies and gentlemen, yep. who do these international panelists think they are? Uh-oh. I think that we... As the namers of Chad. Haven't we done enough Wikipedia damage already today? (laughs) The namers of Chad. We, we, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going into my Richard III hand-clenching thing here. We, ladies and gentlemen, named the very day star itself. We here at Smart Enough to Know Better, Know Better. And therefore, ladies and gentlemen, you as our listeners need to tell us what should element 114 be called and 116 be called. I'm going for Bestonium and Warium, but I would. And uh, I, I prefer uh, Wadmantium. Wad, oh my God, Wadmantium? Snickety snick. Uh, it's the dumbest element in the world. <laughs> Nothing's dumber than why nobody what why 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 can't say it what 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 are you saying uh, wadmantium 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 oh yeah yes it's great mm, his bones are full of wadmantium he's a sexy man but yes you must name the two hundred and fourteen and hundred and sixteen and you have to explain why you can't just come up with a name you can't just go fredonium we, who's Fred why are you saying fredonium it has to be good and. The best two. Oh, I, I, and uh, mine could be um, Beast Tin. Oh, it's lovely. Beast Tin. Tin. Beast Tin. Beast Tin. That's right. So, uh, and, uh, oh. <laughs> and you, could, you could refer to um, the very popular new movie about the cartoon characters from Belgium uh, as Sn Sn. Because SN, SN would be Tin Tin. That's very good. I stole it. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I stole oh, that one. That's very good. I like that. Oh, it's very nice. There's like and Captain Haddock. Saw it on Twitter. Oh, damn you, Twitter! Coming up with all the best ideas. Yeah. But forget this madness. Name element one one four and element one one six. Send it into the podcast in the new year. Next, we're doing this one month. That's it. We're doing this for one month. It's next time we're picking the best ones. So yeah. get in, get in fast, and you will win. What will you win, Dan? Chadmantium. Chadmantium. <laughs> we can't make Chadmantium. Metal made out of the sun. No. Um, we're not making metallic helium. Oh we... uh, another one of the crypto shirts, Yay! I guess. If heaven forbid I actually get the store off the ground and start selling these things. We're going to hand them out. So crypto zoo shirt, you get one for being 114 and one for 116 as well. Yes, we're giving out two shirts and a badge. But I also give you a badge. I'm just giving all of Dan's stuff away. It's madness. No, I, I, I net will pay for it. They're not going to pay for this. Thing. Speaking of competitions, mm. you've got one month to get your anthem in. What for? Yes, an anthem. What, what, what anthem are we talking about, Dan? The What's Australian anthems. Alternate second verse. 
that is specifically for I don't know what it, this was your idea. It was I wasn't the, listening. The original idea was the a, a, um, a religious school wrote an alternate national anthem, yep. a second verse of national. Oh, we don't need all the backstory. No, we do, we do, we do. Just the rules. No, and the, and and the, it was a religious thing. You're going to do what you think is the best. Second verse of the Australian National Anthem. It can be atheist-based. It can be whatever you like. I don't care. Uh, and send it into us. This is your last chance. January, we are doing this on the podcast. It's, it's coming out then, and they will win the shirt, and they will win the, the other stuff we said we're going to win. Go back and check the uh, episode 17, yep. uh, where we brought that up, and, uh, and get it in. We have some, we have some fantastic, fantastic verses. They're wonderful, and, but there's still space to win. Win! Better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. People of Australia, that time of year has come again, where children are encouraged, nay, expected to be good. This excellent behavior is brought with bribes of the novelty knick-knack variety from the endless supply of Santa's sack. But, people of Australia, I put it to you that the required meritous morals are exactly the opposite what our great country needs in these moments. The world is facing an energy shortage such as it has never faced before. There could be literal dark times ahead. But do not despair, citizens, for we here at Smart Enough to Know Better have a path to save us from such a dim future. Be bad! If you are good, then Santa brings you a present. But if you are bad, then Santa brings you a lump of coal. It has been calculated that a moderately disrespectful child could power home for a year. So go, pull your sister's hair, break a plate, or kick a puppy. Be bad for Australia. Santa Claus is coming to Walk of shame, walk of shame, walk of shame. No, that's not nothing at all. <laughs> walk of shame! Welcome to the walk of shame. Very occasionally, Greg or myself may say something that isn't actually true or is ever so slightly off. Uh, this is probably the, what episode is this, 19? This is 19. This is probably the 18th one in a row where we've had to put in a walk of shame. <laughs> Uh, and we'll, yeah, we're just going to clear up some misunderstandings That's right. from the uh, previous and, uh, thank episodes. you much for everyone putting stuff in. We, we, we would like to say that our walk of shame should be pointing out errors we've made, not differences of opinion. <laughs> we're getting a lot of differences of opinion at the moment. <laughs> Science is not about differences of opinion. It, it, it's yeah, about it, yeah. fact. About fact. But we, 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 we're wrong. Lambast us. And you know what? I said that the Japanese didn't have a word for pink. <gasps> uh, they do. Oh. It's pinku. It's what? Pinku. Oh. So they've adopted it since. Right. The well, since, since the podcast. So, since the podcast. They worked it out. They went, hang on, have you heard this podcast? So historically, think... didn't have a word for pink. Right. Uh, but they, but obviously they do now, that yep. they've got all that Hello Kitty stuff and they've got to be yes. able to name what colour it is. <laughs> so they do have a word for pink, but it's, it's, it's derived from the European. So it's Pinku. Pinku. It's lovely. That's quite funny. Sounds like a penguin name. Is that Pinku? Uh, yes, it is. So that's it. That's all the, th- that's all the mistakes we made. Pink. And that's not even a mistake. No. We were right. It's just, it changed recently. Well, 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 how how recently is recently? Well, sometime, but when, uh, uh, you know, 2,000 years. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> at any rate. Geo- Historically, geolo- no Geologically, no. astronomically, quite recently. No, 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 no. Walk of shame. That's the walk of shame. Walk of shame. That's a pretty good one. High five. Ow. <laughs> oh, good one. Let me tell you about this man. And only... uh, was his name Jed? And was he a poor mountaineer? Barely kept his family fed. No, not that man. A whole different man. Different man. Different man. Not a man called Sue either. Sue is man. He's a magical man. He turns up at the about in December. Yeah. And he delivers great joy to children across the world. Um, should should I hazard a guess? As so, to wait, who wait. This might be. And he um, travels really fast in a weird mode of transport that yeah. that breaks all the laws. Mm. And he just and he can he can get around the whole world in one night. And he and he can just appear and disappear when he chooses. Mm. Who am I talking about? Santa. No. I'm hmm. talking about Doctor Who. Ah. Much more important than Santa. Yeah, Doctor Who. Because in Australia and in, in Britain as well, uh, we get to watch Doctor Who for Christmas. And I think America now as well. I think, I think he's, yeah, yeah. he's spreading all over. And we get to get the Christmas special. The Christmas special is coming. Hey, it's very excited. Yeah. It's, it seems like a lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Kind of, I think it's the doctor, the something. Widow. The, the doctor and the something. Doctor, and the, the widow, and the thingy whatnot. wardrobe. Because it's his TARDIS is the wardrobe. Ah, that's very good. Yeah. And, and I saw the ad. I'm, I'm so excited. And, and we'll put a link to the latest little trailer because I, I got really excited yeah. with this. Like, oh, yeah. And it'll be released on uh, ABC iView, won't it? it no, released on ABC television, ABC yeah. One television on, on Boxing Day. Okay. So but you can check that on iView. Uh, you um, can as well. Yes. And bandwidth is unmeted with iInet for uh, <laughs> ABC iView. <laughs> My goodness. Anyway, selling the doctor with your filthy commercialism. The doctor's <laughs> coming, and I'm very excited because I get to be a kid again and run around and, and have my TARDIS and have a grand old time. And I love it. Yay, Doctor Who. But... I do love Doctor Who. It's, ooh, it's so great. And uh, it's, it's my Christmas thing now. It's so weird. It's become my Christmas special, mm. special Christmas special, special Christmas. It's uh, why... It's the reason for the season. Well, for me, it's, re- it's why I get so excited. Because I'm older now, and, and you know, you kind of get socks and jocks, and that, that's cool. I don't expect, I'm not out to get lots of stuff from people. And, and, and I, I don't have kids of my own, so I don't, I'm, I've got little people to, mm-hmm. to get excited for. It's yeah. just, you know, it's, 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 you, I'm at that weird point in my life. I'm like, oh, I like it, but it's not kind of like hanging out with people. And just, but I do that anyway. I can do it any day of the week. Yeah. I'm an adult. But now I've got this thing. We're grown-ups. Go- we can just go out and buy <laughs> quad, quad blade remote control helicopters whenever we want it's, and no one can stop us it's awesome you, if, if there are any kids listening to it being an adult is awesome it sucks to be you alright <laughs> but the doctor's here and that's what makes my Christmas really exciting yep and, 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 and so I really look forward to it so I wanted to do a Christmas song and I kept looking for a Doctor Who Christmas song and I was like oh but of course I went oh I was like, can't anyway so I've got a Doctor Who song oh. an Australian Doctor Who song oh I am really really excited alright let's fire it up I was sitting in front of the TV, said there was nothing much else to do. Then along comes this amazing cow, they called him Doctor Who. It was up by six on the ABC just before the news. No ads to interrupt me on an interspatial cruise. Was moving metal madness, self-programmed to destroy. The doctor has them covered to thwart their every boy. Exterminate, exterminate that evil monotone. The doctor fights the Daleks and I'm then all alone. Doctor, who is gonna fix it? Doctor, who will put it right? As he moves across the galaxy at twice the speed of light. Back into the future, the TARDIS travels time with his beautiful assistant and his trusty mate.
Christmas food But when inside the doors A vast interior complex Defies the original laws His robot dog is by his side He packs a powerful punch And he always has the answers When it comes down to the crunch Doctor Who is gonna fix it Doctor Who will put it right As he moves across the galaxy At twice the speed of light Back into the future The TARDIS travels time With his beautiful assistant And his trusty mate Excited you were hearing that song. I, 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 that is possible. That song is possibly my strongest memory of Doctor Who from when I was a child. <laughs> For anyone who's not Australian and not roughly our age, that is a band called Bullamacanca, and they, they've been around since the 1970s, 1978-ish or so. And that song was called Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, and- now, Chameleon Circuit do Doctor Who songs, and they call their stuff Troc. That would be original Troc. Well, would it, or would that be uh, Trunchery and Western? Then that's not country and western. That's um. There's fiddles. Yeah, but that doesn't make it country and western. That's I don't know and that's, banjos. That's so. That's a, oh, that's that's, a, that's troc. That's that's beginner troc. That, that's trunchery. Tr- tr- that's, that's trolk music. Trolk, tr- yes, I'll go with folk. I'll go with folk. It would be trolk. So it's trolk. Yes, I'll go with trolk. Not country and western. That's got a different sound to it. Okay. So it's trolk. That's right. It's the ballad of Doctor Who. I went and looked them up because I, I, Dan had the same feeling. When I first heard it again, I haven't heard that for decades. When I heard that song again, it just I was suddenly a kid again. <laughs> I used to play it on the ABC, so I used to hear it quite often. And it just suddenly, I was like, oh, I'm a kid. But... I went and looked at Bulamakanka. They're still going. Oh, no way. <laughs> They're still out there. Most of, their, most of their members are not original. Like, they've more moved on. Right. Some of them have moved out. But, like, but there's, they've there's, regenerated. <laughs> and, and, and they're out there. They still do, they still do gigs. They're still gigging after, well, after more than 30 years. They're still out there. And they did this amazing song, uh, The Battle of the Doctor Who. I love that song. I just thought, to me, that's my Christmas. That's an Australian Christmas right there. They had their, their kind of Australian uh, accent there. And, they, and I love it. I just, it blew my mind. So if you're wondering what an Australian Christmas sounds like this year, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Bulla McCankers, The Ballad of Doctor Who, that will be Gregoire's Christmas and Dan Beeston's Christmas as well. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Wait a second, this isn't the beginning. 
This is and the end. The who, pop- and who was that? That that sounded familiar. That was a famous person. That was Michael Shanks. From- or Dr. Daniel Jackson from Stargate Universe. It certainly was. Wow. <laughs> We How did ha- we get him? We One of our listeners by the name of Scott, he only goes by the internet name of Scott. He he went to a convention. He sent it to us. He went to a convention and bailed up Michael Shanks and went, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Can you please say that this Gregoire and Dabby's the smart to know better? And his handlers supposedly went, Growl, never destroy the heretic. And Michael Shanks went, oh, why not? And he recorded it for us. Lovely. So it wasn't even us. We didn't get him to do that. We, I've never met Michael Shanks. I've never seen it. And it's very exciting, though. Dave. You know, we never thank the people who uh, who do those for us. Okay. Thank Every you. Every single okay, episode. Okay, thank you, Michael Shanks. Done. Every single episode, we get someone new to do. Do you, do? Do you notice that, audience? Do you, do you see how much we care? It's never the same one. Oh. Sometimes in the point fives we do crossover. Yeah, we do double up a bit. But the actual full episodes, always a new sexy yeah. voice. Sometimes the person we've interviewed, but only since we've started getting our act together enough and to, remembering think, to, do, to that. do that. Yes. So we've missed quite a few of our interviewees, actually. Uh, so uh, I'd like to send a, a thank you out to them. Since it's Christmas time. Right. And say a big thank you to episode one, Ron Harris. Gregoire and Dan Beeston. 1.5, Spencer Housen. Are smart enough to know better. To Dalek Wah. Dan Beeston. Which is, sounds like you, but through a Dalek thing on an iPhone. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, from Mike Bryant from Impro Melbourne. Smart enough to know better. From our friend Stuart Late. Dan Beeston and Greg Wah. Uh, from the Frog Princess and her best friend Celine Rutz. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are sûrement plus intelligents than ça. Oh, very, oh, very nice, yes. From Girl Clumsy. Are smart enough to know better. From Robin T. Sverd. Gregoire og Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Oh, yes. Who di- gave us our, our Norse? Sverd means sword. He's the best name. His name's Robin Sword. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Uh, what language was it he gave it? Uh, Norse. Norse. Yes. Oh, like a Viking. Norwegian. Yeah, yeah, he's Norwegian. Uh, do- our friend Dr. Joel Gilmore. Greg yeah, yeah. Warren, Dan Beeston. Uh, Amy Curry. I'm smart enough to know better. The super sexy Tim Gorn. <laughs> smart enough to know better. <laughs> a whole crowd of humans at the Brisbane Arts Theatre. Greg Warren and Dan Beeston. <laughs> Chris Spensley. Smart enough. Mark Tate. To know better. Rose Carbon. Gregoire and Dan Beeston. Who is actually related to me. Is she? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're second cousins twice removed or something. What the heck? Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Beeston. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Never heard it. Don't know who he is. <laughs> Brad the Sandman Sandman. Yay! Winner of our competition. Yay! He did an uh, awesome, awesome Australian accent. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Uh, Jeff Payne from the Comedy Company. That's... Ooh. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Uh, Carrington Banston from Monster Feet. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Thank you, Carrington. You can spot him doing an, uh, an amazing Australian accent. <laughs> Tom Selinski from the Spontaneity Shop in London. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Uh, stand-up comedian Deborah Francis-White. Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Uh, George Rabb. Gregoire and Dan Beeston. Steve Nellich. Smart enough. And, of course, this episode, Brian Dunning. To know better. Yay, and now Michael Shanks. Michael Shanks. Has been added to the hallowed halls of the Smarter to Know Better introduction. Now, I'm a bit embarrassed. What's that? Why? Um, episode 13. Yes. There's, like, a girl with kind of a slight New Zealand accent. Oh. Greg Wah and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. 
no idea who she is. I, I, I thought she sounded Australian. You think New Zealand. I'm just thinking yeah, she's um, Australian. Maybe, I don't know. I think she's putting on a voice. Episode 5. Yes. Some bloke with some an bloke. Australian accent, but Definitely. really good projection. Yes, hello, I'm an Australian. I don't know who that is no, either. No. Greg Wah and Dan Beeson are smart enough to know better. So, but that, no, 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 don't be embarrassed. That's because we lost everything during the January floods. Yes. 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 Um, mm. Yeah. You, my, you, you're, you're, that's when you weren't with IINet and... Um, <laughs> Uh, and they, whoever you were with, had it, put everything in a, in a cardboard box next to a river, and it went away. But now that would never happen. I am such a corporate shill. <laughs> but thank you to all these people. Thank you very much for putting your voice to our, our ridiculous little thing. It has been such a great year for Smart Enough No Better. It has been. Has we been. started off with John Birmingham, mm. and that gave us this big jump in That's February. Right. We got to interview George Rabb. Oh, sounds awesome too, yes. Uh, yeah. Brian Dunning Brian now. Dunning, yes, he was very nice to him too. Of course. And Brian Dunning's excellent. If you, Some people say, oh, I can't possibly spend an hour and 15 minutes listening to you, brave infranauts, as in us. Well, go listen to Brian Dunning's Skeptoid.com. They're normally 10 to 15 minutes long. He takes one subject, he dissects it, he looks at the both sides of the argument, and then he says, here's what the evidence says. And I love it. I think it's really good 10 to 15 minutes to learn something and have a fun way. So definitely support Mr. Dunning. Excellent. And a big thank you to all of you who are listening. Oh, definitely much. And uh, especially the ones who jump into our forums. Yes. And make, smart enough to all, all you need to do is, um, all we're going to ask you is maybe introduce us to one other person. You must know a geeky person or a sciencey person no, or no. a comedy person. Introduce us to three of your friends and then they introduce them to three of their friends. <laughs> right. And then to three of their friends. Yes. And then we sell them all Amway. Excellent. <laughs> the Amway. But well, yeah, pass us on, pass us around. Uh, we would like to sort of send out, retweet us, that uh, sort of stuff, uh, because we're at... SE2KB, but more importantly, go on to iTunes and uh, give us a review or just rate us. Uh, but actually, even more importantly than that, just enjoy the podcasts. Yeah. If you're enjoying the podcast, that's all we ask because we like doing this and hopefully you like listening to us and that's, that's, the, that's the warm Christmassy presents yeah. we're giving each other. And a big thank you to all the people who have helped us out with the sketches over the last year. Including Girl Clumsy, Yay. who wrote some of them Indeed. and has always been more than happy to jump in and do be the girl. Uh, <laughs> Stuart Late, oh, yes. who has always been happy to jump in and the, play the man, the voice of the chocolate mountain god, and uh, and and, and uh, anyone else who's jumped in to help us with a voice. Next year, it's not over. Of course, we're not done here. Next year, we already have lined up some pretty interesting interviews people who control the weather well just at least record the weather and sci- other scientists and interesting people so we, we've got it we're, we're lining them up ladies and gentlemen we're we're, we're there we're out there we're <sighs> mm, sizzling sizzling 2012 you have been listening to dan at smartenough.org and greg at smartenough.org you should be emailing us you should be twittering us you should be getting involved in the conversation that is smart enough to know better merry christmas to all and to all a good night So that light be blinking red? I guess so. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Suddenly, all oh, this There's smoke coming out of my computer. That must be some sort of built-in <laughs> indicator. Yeah, our, our byline is science, comedy, and ignorance. Well, I, I'll fill in the ignorance part. Which one of you guys wants to be science and oh, which one wants to be Brian, comedy? No, 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 no. We've got the ignorance down. That's, <laughs> oh, this is going to go badly. Very badly indeed. We'll just take turns. We'll just go from science to comedy to ignorance. <laughs> okay. Right round, right round, like a record, baby, right round, round, round. <laughs>
mashup. Doctor Who is gonna fix it, Doctor Who will put it right And he flies across the galaxy at twice the speed of light Back into the future, the TARDIS travels time With his beautiful assistant and his trusty mate, Kane Oh my goodness, I'm six again! <laughs> <laughs>